Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Uh, the birds are chirping. Sun's shining. Kids are talking. Doors squeak, squeak, squeaking. We got music in the background. I ain't sweating it. I think uh, with the ambiance of everything else going on, it'll be fine. Welcome you to, uh, to Porch Talk. Sun tapped in vinyl. And... Uh, Monk's here. Hi. And we got a, there's folks yeah. out here enjoying this, uh, would you dare say fall weather? When I woke up this morning, Man. I uh, I put on a jacket and I said, fall, is that you, player? I know. <laughs> I know. I went I went for a walk at 630 this morning and it was one of the most nicest walks, one of the nicest walks I've had in now, like, is this in, walks in to what, work? Since this time last year. Is this walks to work, or you just wake up and do a little walking? Just wake morning? up and do a little walking, yeah, trying to trying to lose a little weight, That's get a little ex- exercise. That's there, what's up. Know? Good so, deal, dude. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing what I can do. I got to, you know, I got to walk so I can drink more beer. Yes. And that's go what ahead, you go do. ahead and get the calorie count down the way you can work your way back up. That, that's <laughs> it's, it's science. That's like when I was a, when I was a distance runner, never more than 13 miles at a time. But when I was running half marathons, let's just say that, um, I would always every day when I got off work, if I was going to get a beer, I would uh, not every day then. I would take a run for at least a mile before I could drink a beer or six beers. All right. So, so uh, today we're going to go ahead and get into the beer. Okay, I'm going to show you this one first. I've got two. Big Little, that's backwards inverted. Uh, that's Sierra Nevada, and then I started out with the T minus there. If you haven't had that, that is like the pool beer. And I'm going big time with the Lazy Magnolia Coffee Shop. It's a uh, cream stout brewed with coffee and chocolate. It's got a little bit of ABV on it. I can't, I don't have my glasses on, so of course I'm old and can't see, but let's see, let's see, let's see. it's something, yeah. Keep, keep twisting, keep twisting. Um, oh, 6.0. So, no, it doesn't really have a big alcohol content, but an excellent beer. Definitely a five on my untapped scale. Oh, wow. And that goes to five. Yep. That's uh, it. That's all we give them. I don't think we've ever given anybody but maybe Snake Handler and Ghost, Ghost in the machine. Uh, five. Yeah. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you with the T minus, that's a solid four uh, for the day. And then the big little is a 3.8. It's solid. Yeah, well, we just have different tastes in beer because I definitely wouldn't have given the T minus that big of a rating. And I, I like little, it for the little uh, big thing from Sierra Nevada. Pretty good beer for me. Oh, yeah, that's more of a pool beer for me. The T minus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Uh, I thought I, I know which one you said pool, pool beer, beer on. So we are at Munson Brothers, and all these beer are brought to you by Munson Brothers. We're out here in the beer garden, uh, enjoying the, uh, the sunshine. Like I said, uh, I woke up today and I just couldn't believe it. I mean, today's like the official first day of fall, isn't it? Is that legit? Yesterday was, so well, had to look go. at our producer. And so to uh, tell us. tonight it's supposed to get down uh, to, the, I think, 49. 49? Holy shit. All right, tell you what, the best part of it is, is that it's 74 outside, and it's, it feels like a 74. You know what I mean? When it's 74 or whatever the high oh, the is going to be for the day. Right? That's what I love. I love that there's no humidity. I mean, most of the days I can handle the 90-degree temperature, but it's the 111 feels like that I don't love, you know? Yeah, the real feel is uh, what gets you in Alabama and Mississippi. Ooh, man, I just hit my – sorry. <laughs> it's going to be a problem to, having the mic this close to me. I keep to wanting me. to go off camera to Sheila because she's been spending time all over the country is like with, like, Montana and all that. It's – I, I just I just know it has to be unbelievable uh, as far as the weather, because like if it, you walk outside and if it's seventy four, it's legit. Seventy four, or maybe even seventy two. 
no, <laughs> can't do that. I don't think. I don't think it can go backwards. Can it get cooler but be a certain temperature? Something I th- looking. I think sh- windshield. Windshield. Ah. Oh. All right. Enough about the weather. Yeah. Meteorology right. for you. Uh, we're here to do a little music. We've done beer. Uh, I don't know the APV on this one. Uh, it's the equivalent of like drinking a Kool Aid. A Kool Aid. Ah, <laughs> uh, see. Look at look at the stats they have there. I haven't seen that. What it pairs with or no? Hops, malts. And it goes the scale goes to looks like six. It goes to ten on the uh, on the bitterness scale. I don't see the APV. I'm not worried about it. It's real. Uh, it's real weak. This is Kool Aid beer.
All right, moving on to music, we got some topics to cover. Just going around the local scene, Taylor Hollinsworth is moving his art uh, to the Columbus Arts Council. Looking so forward to that. Um, he's also, too, for everybody who is uh, in and around um, Columbus, Mississippi, on October 7th, between 5.30 and 7, we're going to have uh, an opening for my friend Tony Brock, who is a fantastic painter. Uh, he is uh, the painter of stuff, if you look at him on the socials. Um, he will be in the main gallery for the month of October, and Taylor Hollingsworth will be in this little hallway we call Artist Alley, um, where we normally give to you know that space to people who don't have such a, a large body of work, you know. Yeah. Um, but Taylor is also going to play that night live in the Columbus Arts Council acoustic. Yeah, and uh, the, I mean, just the thing about like Taylor's um, art is uh, I've got some at the house, and uh, I deal in the trippy. Yeah. Like most of the art I have at the house, it's a lot of Abe Partridge. I've got one of uh, Taylor Hollinsworth, and I've got several of Joe McGowan. So it, if that kind of gives you an idea of uh, what I'm into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Taylor's stuff, I, I think at some point I saw somewhere online someone called it junk art, or he called it junk art. It's kind of, I mean, I would like to really consider it punk rock art. You know, it's, it doesn't really deal with punk rock nature, but it has the same attitude as a punk rock show would. I don't know if, if that makes uh, good sense. I don't know if I, I put it on my social media. I know it's, it used to be on Taylor's website. I don't know if it is anymore, but mine is, uh, it's a guy, and like what Taylor does is he uses uh, just real material, like, um, the art I have is like this little red-headed guy. He's got like red stringy hair, and he's got bullets for teeth. Mm-hmm. But it's not like legit bullets. It's like what you would get at like a Hobby Lobby if you was doing arts and crafts. But it looks like a, a two forty-three round. You know, it's a it's a pretty big round shell. All right, so hold up, hold up. Why the hell would Hobby Lobby be selling fake bullets? It's like artsy stuff, I guess. I what would you ever make with? I mean, I'm well. Taylor made something. Made so I guess question <laughs> you answered. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I just wondered. I, mean, I, I don't in, know. Maybe, in between, maybe, the, in maybe between the doilies and know. candles and 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 you know beer signs, I don't or, or <laughs> you know Harley Davidson signs. I don't know what Hobby Lobby would be doing with bullets, but uh, I mean maybe it was Spencer's. It was right next to the uh, Spencer's. <laughs> maybe so. It was right next to the uh, extracurricular toys. I don't. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. But <laughs> uh, regardless, they you can squish them. They're squishy. They're not made out of metal. But uh, Taylor just uses. Uh, what he has and whether it be nuts and bolts and throw some paint all over it and like make some kind of a face he's got several uh pieces that uh wires and speakers too. wires speakers that's right yeah uh i can't wait last time i was over at his studio i was sharing with him a little bit about what like some of abe's stuff because abe's art will talk yeah like he'll use like guitar string and then in the back it'll have um like a just a little speaker yeah. And you can turn that speaker on and off, and it's already pre-recorded by how hard you pluck the string, and it'll talk. And it's got a pre-recorded sound, like when you go to uh, move crazy, that string, yeah. it'll it'll communicate with you. You got one of those pieces? I do not. Oh. I do not. I don't. I've got a, the only X-ray piece of Abe's though. Awesome. It's of Sunhouse, and uh, it has a quote from Sunhouse: "Is uh, I'm gonna preach these blues, and then I'm gonna sit down, and the X-ray is of someone's broken finger pointing up." <laughs> so it's it's pretty That's cool. cool. Yeah, Abe will be showing in the Columbus Arts Council in August of 2022, and he'll also be playing a show that night. Um, he'll actually be playing a paid show up in um, the Omnova Theater that we have upstairs. And, and just to give everybody an idea, like Columbus Arts Council, just future upcoming events, we've got uh, Malcolm, um, I'm going to say Lightning Malcolm and R.L. Boyce is coming this year? Yeah, no, they'll be in February 11th of 2022, and then hopefully by the end of this year we'll have Jimmy Duck Holmes. Oh, that's, wow. Hopefully by the end of this year, yes. That's one thing I have to get motivated about at work is sending out the proposal for that. <laughs> and so uh, is there anything else down the pipe for the Art Council for this Not year? Not for the Arts Council, just so, uh, regular stuff. Okay, so Sunstroke House. we decorating the windows for Christmas. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Roll Tide. <laughs> Roll Tide. I'm down for Christmas. Uh, so, I mean, Sunstroke House has two shows upcoming. I know there's one in uh, December, but I'm unfamiliar with... Since, uh, well, coming up, uh, is that December with Sensational Barnes Brothers? That's um, That's October. With Sensational Barnes Brothers. Okay, so there's an October show. Yeah, and there's another show with uh, Tristan, and I don't know the exact date of that show. So we got some cool stuff coming around the area. Um, and that, uh, 
that kind of does it for Columbus. Yeah, you know, I, w- I want to say this, too, because I know we've talked about them before on the show, but I've never seen them live. Um, we had a Market Street Festival in Columbus this past weekend, and Night Surf out of Starkville, Mississippi played. And did you I had, get to, to catch some of it? I had played their stuff on Indies Only, but yeah. that, that didn't, it just didn't compute. I mean, it was good, but it didn't compute. Seeing them live, absolutely fantastic live band. They are good. They are good. So uh, props to, uh, to Night Surf. Check those guys out. Yeah, they, they've been on the show, and I, I mean, I think I sent the music to you, yep. if I'm not mistaken. Uh, we've had them here on the show. Uh, that's Jamie Rogers and uh, Vince Harris and uh, Cole Little of Columbus. Uh, just here at Munson & Brothers this Friday, which this show will be, uh, uh, as soon as it's over, it'll be posted on social media, but this show will be active on uh, your podcast sites uh, tomorrow. But my friend Luke Wood from Birmingham will be playing here uh, awesome. Friday night. But I'll be down in Bentonia at uh, the Blue Front Cafe, uh, 73rd birthday party, the 24th, 25th of September. If you're free this weekend, now granted, I know a lot of you are excited about uh, Startville. Um, MSU is hosting LSU Saturday. Uh, Alabama is, uh, is it? Southern Miss. Southern Miss. Yeah, so uh, the piss out of them, I hope. <laughs> oh, uh, it's not another uh, Mercer scare. Gee, Florida scare. Yeah. Well, no, the Mercer scare was a little worse for me. Luckily, we had been out uh, all day since like early wee hours of the morning on Saturday. So halfway through the Bama game, I kind of dozed off <laughs> and woke up to see the the uh, the uh, final score or the last bit of the game. So I'm gonna tell you this is uh, I watched the Florida game with uh, a lot of Bama fans, probably about six, which is uh, about four more than usual. Because I, I, I just can't do it. I don't have the energy for it anymore. To watch it's, a football game? No, to, to like be so involved. Like sure. they're screaming at the TV and like just, no. oh, ref missed it and screw this, screw that. And I'm like, guys, row tide, but uh, I make zero dollars if they win or lose. So I <laughs> exactly. don't care. It, that's the way I've always approached it. Because everybody gives us, gives us pure hell. Yeah, that guy's got a big laugh over there. I'm enjoying it. Whatever's whatever's funny is, is what he's drinking. It's wonderful. Um, but like I, you know, people give um, some Alabama fans, as with some LSU fans, some MSU fans, they give other fans a bad name, and everybody thinks that because Alabama's a winning team and they have uh, won many games, they've lost quite a few too. I remember the dark days. My oh friend. man, good gracious! But I mean, every nobody really looks past when Nick Saban got there. And they think that just because, you know, we're a winning team and, and we brag about it, why do you not want to brag if you've got a winning team? I don't think you have to brag when you got a winning team. But everybody gives uh, Alabama fans, a, a, you know, a, a bad rap. Some people do. And so for me, I'm the kind of Bama fan, and I always, you know, when I'm watching with a, another, uh, whoever we're playing, um, uh, uh, team supporter, I'm just like, hey, look, I'm the coolest Bama fan you'll ever meet. Because if we lose, I'm going to stand up and go, damn it, and I'm going to walk out the room, and then I'm fine. I'm going to tell you, like, when That's I, it. When I'm I, not going to scream and yell. I'm not going to kick and fight. Because I think as Alabama fans, too, we win a lot. I think as Alabama fans, we need to lose occasionally to kind of bring us down a little bit. Humble you. I, and, uh, we, uh, we're season ticket holders at Bryant-Denny, and uh, we have four. And what we usually do is we'll sell two. And then we go to the games for free because by the time we sell our two, sure, it's paid for our season tickets. Gotcha. And uh, I, I'll never. It was uh, two years ago, the Iron Bow, and I took a, a good friend of mine. He had never been to an Iron Bow, and uh, he hit me up, and he's like, "Man, I've always wanted to go to Iron Bow. I know you got good seats. Let's do it this year." I was like, absolutely. Let's go. And um, you know who bought the other two tickets? Two Auburn fans. Yeah. And. Uh, I just kind of grabbed him, and I was like, let me sit by them. And uh, we got sat down. You know, everything's getting ready, all the hype. You've been to a Bama game. Oh, yes. It's all the hype. You hear about Bear Bryant's voice. I mean, the whole thing is electric. And I just looked over at them, and I was like, I'm just going to hit a level with you. I've been going to these games my whole life with everyone around us. Uh, We're not going to talk a lot of shit to you. Uh, You watch your mouth. We'll watch ours, and we'll have a good time here. Yeah can't say what everybody around you is going to do <laughs> no, I, no i mean I, i've literally been like doing this for 20 years with those people yeah, though yeah. I, I mean they don't they're not shit talkers yeah you know? got you matter of fact i used to be the worst but i grew out of it oh no 
I used to be too invested. Uh, but I, I mean, I think, I don't know, when you think about sports, uh, especially like, okay, I didn't go to the University of Alabama, and I literally, the only ties I have is like, I'm in Tide Pride. That's it. Yeah. So, I mean, win or lose, it doesn't affect me. Same with pro games. Like, uh, I'm partial to teams that have a lot of Alabama players. Like, I like the Patriots. I like the Raiders. Uh, I like Miami, too. It got hurt. But this ain't a show about football. Let's move on. Right? <laughs> but to, to tie it back into foot, uh, to music, I guess, would be like, uh, you know, it's like Nickelback to me. Like, that's a weird parallel, Alabama and Nickelback. Wow. But uh, they're hated. They are hated. And Chad Kroger, I mean, his voice is... To me, one of the most annoying voices in all of music. The guy can write a the hook. The guy though. can write a damn song. He can write a hook, and he knows how to sell it, man. I mean, it's crazy. And uh, and he gets the ladies too with them songwritings. We all just want to be real big rock stars, or however you put it. I mean, that was a. I don't. I, I didn't memorize any of their lyrics. Thank God. <laughs> it, it's stuck in your head. I had a friend down in Mobile, dude. He was so hung up. Like uh, he would, he would like to get drunk and argue with you why he, why you should be a Nickelback fan. And I was like, you should probably sober up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my friend um, Sarah in Birmingham. She's got a Nickelback shirt that she likes to wear on occasion, just to be funny. Uh, so uh, you know, every time I see her with it, I got to take a picture of her with it on and like point at the shirt, going with a nasty look on my face. What? <laughs> I just think what it's hilarious. Well, I mean, just while we're on the conversation of just, like, 90s music, uh, there's quite a bit going on with uh, the Foo Fighters. Uh, I mean, Dave Grohl is being inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for the second time. Uh, Hawkins is NHC? NHC is his new band, We yeah. got a, We got a super group that just came up. Yeah, we're playing them on Indies Only. They're called NHC. It's Dave Navarro of Jane's Addiction, Taylor Hawkins of... Foo Fighters and Chris Cheney of Jane's Addiction. And cool fact that I learned while just researching the band, um, Taylor Hawkins and Chris Cheney played together in Alanis Morissette's touring band in the 90s. So when she was top of the pops. So like last time that uh, that we sat down, I was telling you about Kaleo. 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 Uh, I skipped Alanis Morissette to go watch them. Like, they were playing, you know, same time, different yeah. stage. Was that Memphis and May or somewhere? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, the three-stage event. And they were at, they were... Wa- yeah, and they put the stages sides. so damn far apart at Memphis and May. At least they did back when I went to see Oh, it's, them. it's still the same. I mean, it's, it's like, it's, it, you can't get to the other one before they're done playing unless you're jogging. Yeah, and good luck jogging because that late in the night, everyone is there. And yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. the footpaths, and that's why that's nicknamed Mudfest, right? It's going to yeah. rain, and then... Oh, the hell with it. Let's, uh, let's wear our waders. Our no-shoes, which I think is always a horrible mistake to make in oh a festival. Oh, my gosh, yes. Or somebody that wear flip-flops to a festival. I, know, I remember back in the 90s wearing um, combat boots to Lollapalooza down in New Orleans, and it rained. Um, it was 92. Was that? Yeah. No, 91. That was that uh, Lollapalooza. Right, I think yeah. that was Lollapalooza 2. Whatever year it was, it was the second one, and it rained all morning, all night before. We got out there. I had combat boots on, laced all the way up to mid-calf. And the damn things were trying to pull off of me, stepping in that mud. So I can't imagine being out there barefoot or being out there in some flip-flops. I would say, like, first time I went to uh, Memphis in May, Bill Street Music Fest, Mud Fest, however you want to put it, we were staying with, uh, we had a friend of ours. She was a cheerleader for, uh, do you remember uh, Tupelo having the arena football team? It was like the Tupelo the Mud T-Rex. Cats. The T-Rex. That's it. Tupelo T-Rex. Uh, so yeah. she, uh, she was a cheerleader for that team, and her friends were cheerleaders for the Memphis Tigers. Mm-hmm. And so, like... We were going up there, and we were staying with these cheerleaders for the Memphis Tigers, and we were going to Memphis in May. And, uh, you know, I just, I was 19, and I was like, well, life just possibly couldn't get any better. Yeah. And uh, little did I know that uh, I was not prepared. Because right when I got there, like, the girls started to be like, so what are you going to wear? Where are you going? And I showed them, it's like, you're not wearing that. It's going to rain. We've got to take you to the store. You need, you need some kind of mud boot uh go ahead and get you some uh pants uh that are rainproof and you'll need a rain jacket to tie around your waist and i was like i'm glad that we're staying with y'all because sure as crap stinks it was that way sure as crap stinks (laughs) 
It was it was that way, and I mean I mean if I if we would have went there by ourselves, we would have been total newbies, and we would have had no idea, and like it probably wouldn't have been of as good of a time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, my, my time there, I don't remember it raining the year I was there. Um, I've been three times, and the second time I went, it did not rain, and I was yeah. like, it was just, it was hot. But other than that, I was like, what? A, is it I'll a, take is hot it a, over the rain. Is it a one- or two-day festival? It's a three. Three. Okay, so I only went to one day um, years ago. Man, and I saw some stellar <laughs> music when I was there. That was the year that um, Crazy Town, you remember that band? I do. Had that song Butterfly that ripped off Pretty Little Ditty from Red Hot Chili you Peppers. You Little Butterfly, Sugar Baby. There you go. Yeah. So they played, um, Ben Harper played. Got I would have went for Ben Harper. Got to see Coco Taylor. My, I, w- I was there. Um, I don't really think there was anybody I was there to see that year. Some really good stuff, but I got to see Coco Taylor, and then also too, man, the band that impressed me the most was Bachman Turner Overdrive. I was super fucking impressed with those guys, and Steve Earle played, and I was really, it was cool that I got to see Steve Earle um, at that time. That was an excellent show. I can't remember who else, but Steve Earle. That's kind of yeah. That's pretty dope. You know, I mean, to just like think about like I don't know if it ever just crosses your mind, but it has mine from time to time. Just like sitting around and you just go through all of the different bands that you've seen at festivals. And I mean, I went to Lollapalooza one, two. I went to Memphis in May. I've been to all these different festivals because I mean, I remember just looking and putting together some of the acts that I saw at Lollapalooza. I mean, I saw House of Pain on their first record, Cypress Hill on their first record. Um, shit, got to see. Uh, Pearl Jam on their first record, Tool on their second or third record, whatever opiate was. You yeah, know, like I believe this could be like a literal badge, and I, I've I've thought about this. I, I don't. Are you familiar with like NFTs at all? No. The non fungible tokens. Uh, these are things that can be uh, just invented, and they're part of like the cryptocurrency, the blockchain, or however you want to put it. I'm not going to get into that, but I thought about with the next event I do at my house or the next event that I'm a part of is to invent this NFT in a limited run. Let's say like we have a hundred tickets. Uh, we'll make a hundred NFTs and you'll have that and you can display that. And like you will remember it forever because all the bands and everything that was participating at that time will be on that NFT. And all it is is a piece of art. It's digital art. That's all it is. Because I'm thinking about, like, when I was younger, when I was going to these festivals, like the first, second time I went to Bill Street, uh, unless you showed me the poster, I cannot remember. You know, like, most of my memories of festivals are just, I was too screwed up to remember it in the first place. You know, I think I remember music shows I've seen more than movies I've seen. You know what I mean? Because it's just, that's my thing, is, is, is the music. There may be some of those festivals like, oh, shit, they were there. You know what I mean? A band or two might pop through, but the majority of people that, that you know, I just, I'm just kind of getting to know, they're not going to know some of those bands that I know anyway. I mean, you know? yeah, it's just like, I mean, the bands you just mentioned, like uh, Speedwagon. Nothing Speedwagon. But, uh, oh, uh, Bachman Turner Overdrive. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a good plug. That's a good band to go back and just check out. I mean, they, yeah. made, they made great music, and they were incredible live. I think I caught them at a festival. Just by happenstance. Yeah. Just because I happened to be standing by somebody who was into them. Yeah. Like, I'll, I'll never forget, like, uh, the last Memphis of May I was at, I got to see Queens of the Stone Age. Oh, wow. I, you know, and, like, you and I are both fans of Eagles of Death Metal. Yep. And yeah. uh, Josh Homme. Josh Homme. Josh Homme yeah. uh, touches. I love. Uh, just like Jack White. I mean, I'd go see, not the biggest fan of Dead Weather, but I'd go see Dead Weather in a damn heartbeat. Yeah, I I like, would, it would be so super cool if, like, oh, my God, I didn't know they were playing here. That would be, it, well, like, yeah. yeah. And the, the, the last, once again, the last Memphis May I went to, Jack White was shutting it down. I mean, would it be as cool if it was him and Meg with White Stripes? Hell, yeah, that would be dope. Yeah. If it was the Tours, yeah, that'd be dope. Dead Weather, of all his iterations, are, is probably, like, my least favorite. I think it's just the least, pop, least popular of everything he's done, you know. I mean, it just hasn't gotten the push. It's a little rougher, harder edge than the other stuff, you know. Oh, look. Again, didn't even think about it wearing my Taylor Hollingsworth shirt. Props to Taylor with the honorary seat for him over here on the podcast. That's right. And uh, he'll, be, uh, he'll be coming back to uh, the table. I talked to him last night. Yeah. Uh, just while we're on it, uh, I... You know, I, I, I sent a couple of texts out to uh, Taylor and Will Stewart and a couple other guys just to let them know that I got the test uh, recordings back for my record. 
Got you. For the porch talk vinyl, and uh, my God, I can't wait for it to exist. I want to hear it all in its entirety. I hate that we didn't have enough room for me to kind of DJ the whole thing. but That would have been dope. Yeah, it would have been dope. I hate but, that. I don't know. So hopefully they got the album art and everything that I sent. As far as I know, Matt, uh, he hasn't told me anything else, and I don't know if that's good or bad, but uh, yeah. the art is going to look good. The music is going to sound great. And, guys, the uh, the actual vinyl, uh, it's cleared, and it's got copper splatters on it. Awesome. So everything, and plus it's got the Monk, Monk is the art designer for this record. It's got the Porch Talk logo while you're spinning it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not the art designer because that would be Abe Partridge. Yeah, yeah. I just uh, a- a- Abe did. I the, was able the jacket to use art. the template and put your art in there and put side one or side A and side B. Which and I, I did. and I really appreciate uh, you doing that because sure. like when I got to looking at that, I was like, uh, man. If I ever wanted to feel dumb, no. If you here had, it is. If you had Photoshop and you opened that template yeah. they sent in Photoshop, it would fit just perfectly. Plug and play. Yeah, that's what happened. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, so I, I, really I just don't have a whole, a whole lot on that resizing and sending the album artwork in a format that they want. It's been a little more challenging. But the first time, I just kind of, you know, I'm one of those kind of guys that I don't really need the directions. I just kind of skim over them. And that's what I did. Well, I got it completely wrong. <laughs> and the guy let you know that we had it wrong. You got to read the instructions like, from Ikea. He's got little, little uh, notes in there for people like me that don't read all of the instructions, you know. So they, they know what they're doing. <laughs> They've done it before. Yeah, I mean, even like I could show you the email like that Matt sent me. Like He literally said what you just said. He said, guy, I, I get it. I'm going to resend the instructions. He's like, I highly advise you just look it over. Yeah. You yeah. didn't do it right. I, did, I didn't send it to him in a PSD. Oh, I know. In, in, in a PSD format. That is legit. Yeah. Uh, our producer, Ms. Sheila, just showed uh, September 30th that my favorite band, Band of Horses, is coming to Avondale Bruin. Uh, but I think... Yeah. Yeah, I'm not a big, huge Bleachers fan. I'm okay with the bleachers. Bigger, obvious fan of uh, Band of Horses. Lucero's not coming anywhere around here on their damn tour. A little irritable about that. But I wonder how much they would cost to book. Um, probably more than you and I have combined in our bank account right now. I mean, I don't know what you have, but I'm just... I'm, I'm always, like, curious about that because, like, I'm getting ready to plan my second oh. event, and I would just like to have, like, just... Holy crap, he got the stiff tones, they're coming back, and he just got this, holy shit, the Lacero's coming? So, our, so, our Ben of Lacero, you know? Just, yeah, if we yeah. well that. see, that's what I want, I want to book uh, Ben from Lucero at Sunstroke House. That would be my dream, to see him there and be able to hang out and help him do sound and stuff. Oh my God. But I, I looked up, um, I forget who it was, um, my friend Bennett Wyndham. Yeah. Um, he he suggested a band to play the Arts Council. I forget I who it saw was. that plug. And they cost between, I think it was $35,000 and $75,000. Could you imagine? That he wanted, he wanted. And then somebody said something about C6 Steve. Have you heard C6 Steve before? Dude was, um, I don't know how he's involved with, uh, with Third Man, but Jack White put out one of his records. And when he had that little mobile record thing, C6 Steve would go and play shows. $75,000 to book C6 Steve. I think, oh, C6 Steve is seasick, and he just don't want to play shows. So he just asked an astronomical amount, and it's like, okay, well, then I'll play if you want to pay me $75,000. That was absolutely ridiculous. And you know it's a million, million and a half to book Billie Eilish to play? Uh, 1.5 million dollars. I'm a starstruck right now. Good to book God, Billie Eilish at, and she's coming to Birmingham. My latest sold show, out. I, I played for a hundred dollars, but I'm none of those people. <laughs> <laughs> but I, yeah. I, I, but I, I, I genuinely like playing, and it, it was cool. Like uh, the Market Street man, I, I appreciate the opportunity. Sure. Of uh, you know, it started right in toward the end of the set, and I had like a dozen people out there, and uh, 
I called them all up under the stage with me, and I played the last song with them under the stage well, with me. that was cool. It was a cool song. All standing there with barbecue on their mouths because they've been sitting there eating on those bleachers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was like when nobody was playing on that stage, everybody was on the bleachers with their food that they got because the food trucks were right there. That's right. The food vendors were right there beside you. That's right. Uh, man, we, uh, that, was a, that was a whole thing. Like the sound guy, he was having issues with power, lost power, and uh, I was like... Uh, Dude, I'm going to be patient with you. I've been the sound guy, and people have been dicks to me, and I am not going to be a dick yeah. to you. I was like, whatever you need, tell me. And if you just need me to shut up, I will. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I, wish I, uh, I wish I remembered his I can't recall his name at the time, but a uh, shout-out to the sound guy who was working the acoustic <laughs> stage at uh, Market Street. And my God, did the bottom fall out. Oh, my God. It was nice, though. You know, the bad thing is, so we had a festival in Columbus, Mississippi on Saturday morning. Started at uh, 9 a.m. Supposed to end at, I think, 5 p.m. Yeah, and it made it to almost 2. And so we had to set up in front of the Columbus Arts Council because we're right here in the downtown area. And so I woke up that morning. I told my wife, I said, I said, I hope that the bottom falls out about 2 o'clock. So we could pack up the tent and be home by two thirty when Alabama kicks off, and, and it did. Sure as shit, did two o'clock. You actually told me that. You told me that. Yep. I remember bottom, having that conversation because y'all, y'all had the porter potties by y'all. Yeah, yeah. So it was kind of nice. We had to hang around a little longer because we we offered our uh, arts council to people for shelter while it was pouring down rain. So all right. So before we blow off into the conversation of influence and let's talk about 90s, okay, yeah. Uh, let's talk about uh, the upcoming festivals, uh, both of which are in uh, Birmingham. With the exception of this weekend, uh, I'll be down in Bentonia once again. I would love to have you all out there. If you've never been to Bentonia, Mississippi at the Blue Front Cafe, that is something that you should do before you die. You just have to I've do it. I've not been before, so and I was supposed to go with you one weekend, or probably two weekends, and I've been unable to go. You just pick a weekend where you're available, and if Jimmy's there, we'll just go down there, and you'll get the personal experience. Right on. But I, you need to catch a festival. I do. You need to catch a birthday party. This is the 73rd birthday party. Uh, Gallia Vote, R.L. Boyce, Jimmy Duck Combs. Lightning Malcolm. Groove. Groove no, Johnson. Lightning, no, Lightning's not going to be there? He might. Uh, he's not on the set. Ryan Lee Crosby. Uh just go follow it on uh, whatever social me- media that you're privy to, the Blue Front Cafe. That'll keep you up to date. Also, um, Jimmy's really been getting out lately. And uh, if you if Jimmy's playing in your area, you, you, you should catch it. And, and that's just it. Enough of uh, Bentonia. Uh, in Birmingham, we have uh, two festivals the, coming the Earth, up. Earth Libraries, a really cool record label that I've... Uh been into and i played a lot of their stuff on indies only um they're called earth libraries um they're putting on a book fair festival it's going to be vinyl there's going to be artwork vendors uh, vintage clothing all kind of stuff food trucks are going to be out there it's going to be at saturn october 2nd and 3rd music's going to start each day at four going to end at about uh, i think 11 o'clock more details um, too each since night. the last time we talked about it you can actually go to alt1017.com and see the article that I wrote today about the festival. But you know what I'm glad about these things popping up is it gives you some articles. It gives me some articles. Yes, it does. But it also, too, it was really cool because the guys at Earth Libraries reached out to me to see, um, you know, because I do work for the radio station, but in, Indies Only is kind of an independent thing. Um, so they asked if Indies Only could be a part of it. I don't really know in what fashion, other than, you know, maybe a logo on a poster, um, Indies Only will be a part of it. But um, I'm just excited to be able to go, get some interviews backstage, and just be able to, to be there and see it when it goes down, you know, and have a reason to hang out in Birmingham for two days, you know? There you go. And I, I believe in the, the uh, to that, I believe in the power of radio, and I believe that a lot of people still believe in the power of radio. And so if they can get something like Indies Only or Alt 1017, like, hey, come cover, like, I believe, you know, the fan base and the, the loyal people who listen to Indies Only or listen to Alt 1017 in general or possibly check the website, it's just good about getting the word out, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I still believe, like, uh, that old Rush song, The Spirit of Radio. Definitely. It's one of my favorite songs of all time. I believe uh, it totally encapsulates uh, uh, just 
encapsulates with it. Just made up a word. Of, <laughs> you just but, put an H in there. You didn't need to. Yeah, it it it, it captures uh, this uh, idea of of just just what the radio means and what it used to mean. Uh, yes. Yes. Thank you. Of <laughs> uh, and I and I still do like. Uh, I, I, Not, like just for for instance, like ninety one one or Rocket Up up in Canada or Indies Only, is uh, there, there's a brevity about it, and there is something like if you're a band or a singer songwriter and you're on the radio, like it, there's there's still a difference between uh, my buddy shared my song on his podcast or my song was on the radio. Like it, it still sure. carries a valid sure. it, a valid it's amount got, of weight. It's got some weight to it, yeah. And if you could be that show or that radio station that introduces a new artist that becomes big, because you think about years ago when 1077 The X was in Birmingham, they broke a couple bands. You know, they're the ones that broke Maroon 5. They're the ones that broke, I think it was Train. You know, um, I don't know that I've ever been a part of breaking a band that ended up being completely big and huge, but I, I, I want to comment on this since we're talking about radio. I heard someone say the other day that terrestrial radio is dead. Lies. Terrestrial radio will never park beside you. A DJ from terrestrial radio will never park beside you at the stoplight. He'll never, uh, or she will never go up to the the Chick Fil A line right in front of you or right behind you. You know, um, satellite radio is not going to do that. Terrestrial radio will. Did I get that all backwards when I you said did, it? You did do it backwards. I did do it backwards. Okay, so terrestrial radio will <laughs> get behind you in Chick-fil-A. We'll stop at the same stoplight. We'll shop at the same grocery store. Satellite radio will not. You know, when it's raining at my house, it's probably going to be raining at your house if you're listening to me on the radio. I mean, I, I just go back to, uh, you know, when we first met, we met at the Sunstroke house, and we kicked a can around. Uh, I mean, I think first words uh jamie said was hey this is uh monk uh he's a radio dj at alt 1017 oh cool um that's dope i listen to alt 1017 then we got to talking and that wasn't the first thing out of your mouth you brought it up but like you know radio djs now granted it used to be different in days gone by with the advent of the internet It, it was you know more uh, whether it was uh, cassette more hands on, it wasn't so yeah. lazy and, and phoned in. Yeah, but I mean, granted, like it, it's it's still curious. Wait, like I mean, here on Portstock, we have three or four like radio DJs that check in from time to time. So I mean, that tells you how much I love and believe in terrestrial radio, and especially like these shows. It's like we have an untapped in vinyl, which I mean, when we were talking about you coming on the show, it was. Well, I want a podcast. It's like, well, I'll give you a show inside my podcast. And whenever that little bird wants to take flight, we'll let that little bird take flight. You know? Yeah. Well, now it's kind of stuck inside the show, and I don't think it should be let out, you know? I mean, it's a part of it's a part of Porch Talk now, so. I mean, there are those out there that just only listen to those untapped and vinyls. So, I mean, maybe it does have its place. That's awesome. Follow us on the socials then. And follow me on the socials, at Monk on the Radio. You're just um, Porch Talk 101, right? Yeah, I don't do a whole lot of Instagram, and I'm, I'm backing completely out of uh, social media for the most part. I'm just going to uh, post funny stuff on my personal, maybe some... Um, Football shit? Nah, I doubt it. I don't care anymore. What are you getting so Debbie Downer for about the socials, dude? I don't know. I'm just... I get so damn tired of people arguing over their damn politics. We'll just block them or unfollow them. Well, I do. And then like a whole new breed of them. And I was like, I thought I got rid of you, but they're, <laughs> st- they're still here. So, uh, you know, I just, I remember when I believe social media to be a good thing. And, uh, but I believe uh, it taught people that uh, their opinion has a whole lot more weight than it actually does. Yes, most definitely. So let me let me ask you this. So do you you follow me on uh, my actual non monk page, my my personal page? Yeah. You follow it. How much do I post? You don't. I don't. Exactly. But I have to have that page in order to run the page. only page. Then yes, you have to. So just and I would back never do shit, like political you know, bullshit. Well, just on my, don't and don't you know. get up in there and get caught down the rabbit hole. You know. 
That's what I just, I've got to try to do it. I Sometimes I get caught down there, and it was really bad at a certain time past couple years. You know, there were really bad times where I had to unfollow people and things like that because of their opinions on things and not respecting other people's opinions or thinking that theirs are completely right. I mean, we could go down that road with politics and the, and or religion. Granted, like, on, this, on this, this is a podcast, and, like, I've, like, for the most part, I scave away from politics, but there have been times where we did have a good political discussion. And, and it wasn't a debate. It was a discourse, and I believe that it was fruitful uh, for me and the other person, and I believe it was fruitful for whoever listened. And, like, I like that, but I don't I don't like you bashing, whether it be Joe Biden or Donald Trump. I, I don't. I don't like it. I just just leave it alone. You've got these. You've got these people that have. They think that social media has given this them this certain level of power. Absolutely. You know, and this, this arrogance and this. Um, I mean, look how arrogant I am right now. I mean, no, <laughs> you know, it was just jokes, but it, we're we're airing live over it. Thank you, Zuckerberg. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Zuckerberg. You son of a. He's bit. a little bit of a ph- philan- ph- say it philanthropist. Yeah, for sure. All right, don't want to talk about Zuckerberg though. Let's move on back to. Uh, to we're going to talk about influences. I want to talk about. Well, we weren't done, and then I want to go back. Just just November, uh, we'll be at the Back Forty. We'll be at Avondale. Uh, Taylor Hollinsworth invited us out. We have all these great bands, guys. Prepare yourselves. Bruza Palooza. Bruza Palooza in Birmingham. That's in November, but coming up October second, third. I think we need to talk more about the book library, yeah. the Earth Libraries book fair. <laughs> we, totally backwards, because I, I want to like everybody who really listens to this show and takes away some of the names that we talk about. Some of the bands that I, I think you should check out that are playing this festival. There's a band called Twin. It's uh, T W E N Twin Twin. Is that how you say it right? That sounds good. I've played them on Indies Only before. MB Alexander Sweet. is pretty fantastic. Uh, Janet Simpson's going to be there. Will Stewart's going to be there. Two people you definitely should check out. Check out. Uh, well, another Will's, band. Will Stewart's on my record, and Janet Simpson's going to be on my second record. Well, there you go. I'm going to learn how to play something on my bass guitar just so I can be on your third your third record. Well, the second record, we're going to have you DJ it. Hell yeah. We're going we're gonna to drop... I gotta, Taylor, I we'll gotta, drop Taylor Hollingsworth off for that third, <laughs> second record. Well, the, 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 the second one's all female. Oh, it's all female. Because so, okay. Poor Salt Record 1, the way the voting felt, it was all male. And then I was like, well, number two, I've got all these great female artists. I'm just going to ignore the boys. Awesome. And then number three is just going to be a wheelhouse. That's when we get, like, Jimmy Duck Holmes to do a song. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be just epic? Yeah, that would be fantastic. Rarities. Yeah, but check out MB Alexander. Check out Phantom Limbs. They're another band that's on Dree Earth Lear. Libraries. Dree Lear is not playing that festival. Are, They're going to be at the one in, ah, Bruce in November. Yes. Yes. So there, those are some names that kind of thrown. And there's a band that I'm really into out of uh, Birmingham called the Bouquets. Just like a flower bouquet. Um, they are fantastic. Also, a band called Seriously I'm really into. There you go. That's it. That's October 2nd, 3rd. Earth Libraries presents the Book Fair Festival at Saturn. Now, I want to... Uh, I think we should lightly brush on Bruza Palooza. Uh, sure, sure. I, I don't want to spend an awful lot of time, maybe just the way that we bruise through that. The, but once again, these are names. And these are names I'm more familiar with. These are names, if you listen to the show, you're absolutely familiar with. Taylor Hollinsworth, The Blips, Brad Armstrong, Dree Lear, Azure Ray... Dexatines. The Dexatines. Oh my God. Have you ever seen the Dexatines live? Not live. Man, I've seen But I have seen some phenomenal videos. Fantastical, and Taylor Hollingsworth plays with them as well now. I mean, that was a big thing. Like, that was a big connection of how I got hooked up with uh, Cornelius Chapel, even though, you know, Elliot's really not a part of it. But it was was all that curiosity that really landed me at Cornelius. And, and now we work so closely with Cornelius. Yeah. Did you get that new People Years yet? Yes. Yes, I did. <laughs> I'm into it. Yeah. <laughs> I am into it. So, uh, and once again, if if you're not a f- aware of the blips, that's Taylor Hollinsworth, Chris McCauley, Eric Wallace, Will Stewart, Wes McDonald. Any work they've been involved in for any amount of time. And there one more? No, that's, that, I named them. Oh, you did? Okay. 
I'm sorry. I thought he was one shot. I touched my bases. Okay. <laughs> but now let's 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 talk about influence. This is our last topic for the show. I wanted to go to nineties. I thought our great friend Brian Manasco from Winfield of the Dirty Clergy, who happens to be on Cornelius Chapel Records, had a fantastic post. And I didn't think the nuance or the subjectivity of it could be in text form. And he said, who was more influential or who was better? How did he put it? Are you talking about the Weezer Radiohead yes. thing? He said, which, which, um, which do you like better, I think? Or which is better? Which he named Weezer like- or Radiohead? I mean, did you answer him? No. I answered him. I could not decide. I answered him. I said Weezer. I, I, and I know our friend Jamie Nettles is a huge radio fan. I'm a huge radio, radio fan, fan and huge just, Weezer fan. I just don't get Radiohead. I'm sorry. I mean, I get Karma Police. That's about as far as I get. I just don't get it. It's not for me. I listen. I mean, Lucero's not for <coughs> a lot of people. That's my thing. I, and I believe, like, subjectively, Weezer is better band. Yeah. But... Radiohead is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Weezer is not. Although, did Weezer's first record come out 25 years ago? Because that's the criteria. Mm-mm. So I don't think we'll, so. It'll remain to be seen. Because Radiohead went in pretty much right away. So they, as, I as understand they should, their influence Mr. on York. a lot of damn music. I, I love I love Radiohead and Weezer. And like when he posed that question, it was almost impossible for me to answer. And so like when I saw that you weighed in, and I saw our buddy from... Uh, uh, Druid City Brewing, Mr. Tyler Marshall weigh in, mm-hmm. and it was so interesting. Like, did he th- weigh I in think, with Weezer? I, no, I think I what? think Tyler weighed in the way that I did. He was like, I love them both, but if you you were to ask, I would say Radiohead. Yeah. Like. Well, he asked, so better. Thank you, Tyler. Yeah, better, you know. <laughs> like I, I love them both. Uh, so I I guess I lean in on uh, Radiohead, but I'll tell you this is I own both of those bands I own all their work at my house and I even own like you want to go Weezer Rivers Cuomo mm-hmm. I got I got his basement recordings yeah, you know yeah. they sell that stuff at Oz Music I gobbled it up because I like Rivers man I will be honest I have not one album from either one of those bands at my house so I mean maybe this is not the influential and so let's broaden the spectrum let's talk okay so much happened in the 90s uh I mean, you had the grunge. But just before that, like, uh, I mean, who influenced the grunge, Monk? Um, all right. So we posed a question at alt1017.com this week. Excuse me. Music made me burp. Um, or the beer's making me burp, not the music. But the talk of music is probably upsetting me because we were talking about Weezer. <laughs> really, it's not. It's just being funny. Um, anyway, so, uh-oh. I think a dog inside just bit somebody. Did y'all hear that? Maybe it took a shit. <laughs> I like to... So, we posed a question on the Alt-1017 website at alt1017.com. Who started grunge? You know, and, and I kind of... This question kind of... No, brother. So, like, I was involved in it the was scene. It, yeah, it? it was Seattle, wasn't it? It was Seattle. It no, might have been. it happened before Pearl Jam and Nirvana. Now tell us. Well, there, there were many bands out there before Pearl Jam, Nirvana. I mean, there were a lot of records, a lot of great records that came out before 1991 that could be considered grunge. I, if I'm not mistaken, didn't Alice in Chains release um, their first record well before 1991? Mud Honey was out there playing records. Um, Green River was out there. Mother Love Bone was out there before 1991. It was just, just because say, of the advent like, of M- MTV and Nirvana playing the shit out of Smells or, or uh, MTV Man playing the shit the out of Smells box. 19 yeah, by Alice in Chains came on my playlist. It was today. like 1989 or 1990. It and has I, to be. Love, 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 love. Alice in Chains is like I tell you, like over Nirvana or Pearl Jam. Like Alice in Chains is my shit. Yeah, yeah, I got you. I mean, give me Mud Honey. They, I want to hear. They're them. not talked about enough. I know they're definitely not talked about enough. I mean, there were other bands from that time. Grunt Truck was a band. Um, Babes in Toyland was around back then. Um, shit, I mean, now we could just probably sit here and go through it all day long. But um, I mean, I don't know influences. I think that Mud Honey 
because I think they were from around the Seattle area, if not from Seattle, maybe not. Maybe they were from Los Angeles or somewhere. But they definitely had an influence on that sound. The guys in Green River, there was, uh, I think, uh, uh, Jeff Amit from Pearl Jam was in Green River, if I'm not mistaken. So was Mark Arm from Mudhoney. Um, you had Mother Lovebone, which pretty much was members of Pearl Jam and Soundgarden. And when they broke up, they formed Pearl Jam and Soundgarden. So there were a lot of bands kind of just pulling influence off of each other at that time. And I think that could be probably said for a lot of bands uh, in a lot of other different genres. It's like, who invented punk rock? Was it was it the Sex Pistols? Was it the Ramones? Was it Susie and the Banshees? Was it, I mean, people even Good going luck. back to the new age, new wave shit saying that, you know, Talking Heads started punk. I don't believe that. I think that's a crock shit. But I don't believe that either. Who came first, the chicken or the egg? They all took influence. It's just who got the notoriety or got seen first. And you know I, mean, I, mean? I think just to take this up to this level right here, it's, Ooh, I got as, a little, little passionate about that right there. I, did you breathe a little bit? I, I know, I was but uh, to it. I'm gonna tell you this is like just to take it back to Nirvana to Foo Fighters, and I believe that is to where we are now. It's like, okay, you had somebody who was a part of Nirvana. Dave Grohl played drums for Foo Fighters, front man for was playing drums for Nirvana, front man now for Foo Fighters. About to be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for the second time. And now, look at everything that he's done as far as influence. That little nine-year-old child who can play drums like nobody's business. And I'm I'm thinking about the influence. And so we're talking influence. And this influence never ends. And I I think this question uh, lends itself to the audience. It's like, what I would ask you is, if you're a 90s baby, 80s baby, 70s baby... Okay, so it's we're going back to to Neil Young being the godfather of grunge, as they called him at one point. Oh, right, is that what? Yes, you remember that? Yes, I yes, mean, I yes, I, I am. am. I am probably the the least biggest fan of Neil Young ever. Is it because of what Leonard Skinner said in Sweet Home I'm Alabama? I'm not a big fan of Leonard Skinner either. I respect what each artist has done. But no, no, it has nothing to do with that. I just, I don't, I like Neil Young when he's acoustic. I don't like Neil Young when he's got a guitar in his hand because his guitar solos are all like, in the free world. They just make no sense. And he gets to jumping around on stage like he's having a seizure. No. Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, where did that come from? Where did that sound come from? I don't think that that, I mean, that sound took influence like maybe from MC5. It probably took a lot of influence from, if we're talking about grunge again, it took a lot of influence from punk rock. It, I mean, who really knows? You know, because the kid that started, Mark Arm, who started Mud Honey, he could have been listening to... Um, you know, uh, KC and the Sunshine Band growing up, and then when he mm-hmm. got to be able to listen to music on his own, he maybe started listening to the Sex Pistols and Easy E, and then all of a sudden, Mud Honey was born. You really—I don't think you can really pin down who the God. You just try to find where it started at. That's why Neil Young got labeled the Godfather of Grunge. That's why you know um, uh, the Godfather of Soul is James Brown. You kind of look at the first person who really did something big and had that type sound. You and know. I- and, I, and that's why, like, with the interviews that I do, is, like, that's why I try to bring it home with, like, Taylor Hollinsworth or Les Newby or Will Stewart. It's like, when you were growing up, take it back to that first time that you knew that you were going to play music and who was on that radio. What influenced you then? And when you picked up that instrument, who influenced you from there until you found your sound? You see what I'm saying? Sure, sure, sure. It's like, because... Uh, Taylor Hollinsworth, in my opinion, he can he can do country western, he can do punk rock, uh, he he could he could do the blues. He, uh, can, he can bring a tear uh, to a glass eye with maybe, a sad song too. Maybe that's not the best example, but like some of these guys, it's like uh, personally with my guitar work, and I'm nothing to the the giants that inspired me to play, but I love uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan. You know, like that is my number one influence. I love his music. And the reason why I love it is because no one understands, well, people who play guitar do. It wasn't his fret hand. It was his strumming hand that made him good. It's what he did here. It wasn't what he done on the frets that made him phenomenal. In spite of everything about him, Eric Clapton, I believe he's a phenomenal guitarist. I believe John Mayer is phenomenal guitarist. Oh, yeah, yeah. Jimi Hendrix, not really a big inspiration for me. Why? I don't I don't care to shred like Jimmy. And I couldn't if I wanted to be honest. So, let me start the the topic for the next untapped in vinyl. 
Okay. What records change the way you listen to music? And that is for you too. I mean, I've got a bunch that change the way I listen to music. And I think too, like I'm not a musician. So <coughs> when we're talking about influences, like Cold. these certain records influence me to listen to music in a different way, each of them in their own different way. So we could, that, I'm going to open up that for the next untapped and vinyl. But this is a fresh hour. And uh, I think we should go ahead and walk out. Think about that. Who was the most influential band of the nineties to you comment Write us, let us know, or uh, I'll just take it that you're deaf and you don't even listen to music. One person's listening right there. Is One it, person. Is it our producer? <laughs> no. <Nope. laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right, guys. Uh, peace out. We'll see y'all. It's Trey. It's my brother. Deuces.
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.